With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler Colt Cabana. All right. How you doing? Come on in. Sit down. Relax. You're about to listen to the Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a personal journal. It's an entryway to the minds, the souls, the hearts, and the lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. I am a whatnotter. I am a podcaster. I'm a mental health advocate. Most importantly, though, I am. I'm a pro wrestler. I swear, I'm still a pro wrestler. And we are coming to you live from my studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Before we go any further, this is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. Some great ways that you can support ColtMerch.com. I'm shipping all types of fun merchandise from my apartment to you all by myself. Grab some upper deck cards, some pins, headbands, comic books, brand new 8x10s, all types of fun over at Colt Merch. Check me out on the Pro Wrestling Tees Whatnot pwtlive.com rate review subscribe spread the word via social media or via your mouth or the best way to support my patreon patreon.com slash colt cabana all of the art of wrestlings are ad free almost 500 episodes everything's ad free wrestling anonymous pro wrestling fringe plus bonus wrestling anonymous calls that i take with my friends this month two episodes with hornswoggle and a lot of great bonus stuff over on my Patreon slash Colt Cabana. Today's guest, pretty Peter Avalon. And I am so grateful to have Peter on my podcast. I've said this to him privately. I will say it publicly. He is one of the most underrated and underappreciated wrestlers on the scene today. He's what you would call a wrestler's wrestler. Us, the wrestlers in the back, uh, we always love what Peter does, how he performs, and sometimes, you know, it takes a classically trained pro wrestler to kind of understand the little things or the nuances, but we see it and we appreciate it. And I appreciate Peter coming on the show. Uh, there's a couple of really key points or things that I'd like to point out about this talk. So we did this podcast in August. We did it in Cologne, Germany, when I went with a crew of wrestlers to promote AEW video games. Actually, I'm going to shout out the crew. It was me, Uno, Angelico, uh, Peter, Chris Daniels, and referee Rick Knox, along with some like the business people of AEW games like THQ and some of the AEW marketing team. And, well, uh, a lot has happened since this podcast we did in my life 
personally and professionally. Amazingly enough, at the start of the talk that I did with Peter, we kind of just started talking about anxiety and mental health. And this episode was uh, was supposed to come out in early September. And honestly, I just haven't been able to want to talk about anything. So I just kind of delayed everything. And I told Peter, and he was more than okay with it, obviously. And I didn't delay it because the company that I work for like told me not to talk about anything or what I could or could not do. It was just kind of where my brain was at. You know, I started the podcast in 2010, and we don't go every week now, but I like to put out shows occasionally, spotlighting my friends or people that I find super interesting. And from the beginning, you know, I was so open, maybe even to a fault, about dealing with losing my dream job of the WWE or fighting to be an independent wrestler or how to make money in wrestling or how to survive. A lot of things that I was very open about. And I knew I made fans for life, which is, I assume, you you people listening to the show right now, because of my ability to be candid and real. And as I think about it and as I did it, there was really two things that I just kind of never touched. Uh, you know, it's a wall or a barrier or, or I'm good at compartmentalizing, which I know I am, but and I'm not there yet, nor may I ever be, but... A lot of you probably noticed I never really talked about significant others. I never really talked about my relationships, which was kind of fun to hear people guess about my sexuality over the years or my lifestyle or how I conducted myself. But that side of life was just something I I didn't want to talk about, nor do I want to talk about. And maybe that's stuff to work on. And the other one is, well, you know, kind of what's been going on. I've been in the news Uh you know, whether it's now or for the past whatever years it's been. I think the closest that you'll ever hear me touch upon it was on an episode of The Art of Wrestling called The Trial, which is where I documented all of my feelings while I was going through the trial in which the WWE doctor sued me in a court of law and lost. And so Peter talks about or brings up mental health and anxiety And looking back to the conversation with Peter, I noticed that I jumped right on it. And I feel that's desperation to connect with a wrestler on a deeper level than ever before, especially at that time when I was feeling a lot of feelings. I mean, I'm always feeling a lot of feelings, including now, but it was definitely prevalent at the time of this talk. And if you go back and you listen to the trial episode, and I haven't, but I remember it very well. I recognize now the feelings that I had were the feelings of debilitating anxiety. At the time, I said it was like a sign that I was alive, and I loved it because I was feeling feelings that I had never felt before, and it meant that I was going through something, and that's part of life. And I was feeling those because the trial and everything was traumatic, more traumatic than anything I've ever been through. And I was you know, in the eye of the hurricane. I was in the middle of it. A couple of years ago, I seeked help. I got help in many different ways. A while back, I started seeing a professional. Many of you have noted my silence publicly with all that's been going on with me. And that's because I'm working on myself privately. And I'm not going to say it's amazing or cured. 
it'll probably take years or decades. Maybe I'll, I'll never fully healed or understand what my head and heart and feelings are going through. But like the great Cody Rhodes once said, do the work. I'm doing the work and I'm not here to bash anyone or take shots at anyone. And I've learned that there is no right or wrong. I, I can't control what I can't control. I'm trying to understand why I do things that I do and how I can control my feelings and only my feelings and, and try to become a better person. So I commend Peter for talking with me about it. The whole thing isn't strictly about this, but that's kind of the start of it. He didn't have to do it. I appreciate his ability to be candid. And I appreciate you, the wrestling fan, who seemed to understand. I mean, my Twitter has been a wild shit show. <laughs> and, it's, and it's crazy how some people feel that their tweets towards you are like an acceptable move in life. Like you're allowed to do that. But uh, I've also been really good about not letting that affect me. And also realizing that whoever's tweeting this, you're not a real human being. Like, I guess you have a lot of work to do. And here's some good advice. If you ever have people going after you on Twitter, some more than others, just go to that person's account and then look at their tweets. And you realize uh, this is a them problem and not a you problem. So that all goes into doing the work. And I don't know if that made any clarity, but maybe you got a better idea of what I'm going through and that I'm going through it. And also maybe when I'm at a convention, uh, you know, there's, there's certain stuff you don't want to bring up. I think I've said that forever. You know, I always love talking to people and I love talking wrestling. I love talking shop. But then once you bring up some stuff that uh, has been traumatic for me over years, I shut down. And then you read on a message board somewhere how cult a dick. And again, trying not to read that. But sometimes stuff takes over the internet and then, whew, I mean, it's happening. It's happened. It will continue to happen. Uh, before all of this went down, you know, I like a, a hustling businessman that I am. I was trying to set up my future uh, in case my contract didn't get rolled over. I had seen it almost happen to me before. And then, you know, I, I re-signed a new contract, but you know, I was kind of unsure of my future. So I partnered with a company called Whatnot. And this is not an ad. This is just something that I'm doing. The ads will come later. I'm assuming I'm still going to have a job with my employer. But the great thing about AEW is that we're allowed to work on ourselves and our businesses outside of the company. So Pro Wrestling Tees and I are still doing Whatnot. I host it. I bring some items on from my closet over the years. And then PWT, they also have so many things from the warehouse over the years. It's like kind of QVC meets eBay, fast auction style shopping. And we're going to do a live one from AEW, from the arena in Chicago, in the building with wrestlers selling their gear and exclusives. Uh, it's so much fun. Join us once a week. It's usually Wednesdays. Sometimes it's Tuesdays. If I end up going to work on Wednesdays, it's on an app called Whatnot or PWTLive.com. Is a site that we made that will lead you to there. I wanted to promote this whatnot thing that we're doing, and I, I probably have so much more to talk about. Returning to Dynamite, doing the Fringe, playing Fortnite with Kip on Twitch, all the fun stuff that I usually talk about before the podcast, but we'll do that next week. I got an episode next week coming too. Another friend, another great talk. So stick around next week for that one too. 
but I feel talking about my brain was enough for you this week and definitely enough for me. Before we get into the talk with Peter, I do want to talk about sponsors this week. Manscaped and the Performance Package 4.0. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming, and they have asked me to say something about using the code COLT, getting 20% off and free shipping when trimming your pumpkins, which I guess can relate to both Halloween and Thanksgiving, but I'm going to stay away from the ball humor. You get the idea. I definitely use Manscaped. I've been man-trimming ever since I got into wrestling. I think it's the only thing that wrestling was ahead of the curve on. And when society started to pick up on it, I did feel cool in some weird way that this is something I have been doing for years. And over the years, I've used many different things, including, I remember in college, waxing my chest. But Manscaped, the product, it's perfect. It's part of what I do now. Inside the 4.0 package, you get the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, the Crop Preserver, and Manscaped's shower products. Manscaped is getting rid of all the business down there, and I want to help you get rid of it all with 20% off and free shipping. Just use my code COLT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code COLT. Hit up manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Hi, let's talk about all your problems. All right. Well, what, what, what are we wearing today? Have you been um, Have you been on all this? <laughs> okay, I'm here. Hello. We're in German, first of all. German rest. First time in... Have you been out of the country? Yeah, I've been to China. Yeah, I did China and Mexico. Those, that's as international as I've gone. What's your China? Uh, Middle Kingdom wrestling. Uh, I was out there helping him produce the show and to produce the uh, battle royal that we had as the main event. It was me, Zeta Zhang, Ray Lin. Uh, we were all out there together for about a week. Wait, was this when AEW started and they went to I, China? I'm not sure. It was not with AEW. It was you just a, went separately. It was separately, yeah. that uh, He f- was working with us through uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and then he was doing his own separate thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then, hold on. So, so you went out to produce what? To produce the show and to produce a show or like they have a they have a, that's a name I've heard of the that, Middle Kingdom yeah right. they've been trying to make their their show in China I think they were trying to do everything uh, monthly 
and it was just, I guess, my turn. They wanted me to help uh, produce the show and try to, you know, elevate it. Yeah. The, the appearance of it, like they did with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and uh, and Championship Wrestling from Arizona. And you and. I'm, that's it. I'm the man. I'm the man for your job. That was it. So it was and nice. Did you wrestle out there? I did. I also yeah. wrestled. I was featured heavily in the uh, Battle Royal. I came down to me and uh, Zombie Dragon, who's one of their main of guys out there, and he beat me at the last two. You so. know, I especially for you as a Los Angeles person, you would think we had enough dragons. You'd think. <laughs> With Super and American. Yes. I think, I think that was a running joke for many years, I right? Think so. Even to a point that there was a dragon dragon in Chikara. Yeah. And uh, we might as well add the zombie to it. Might as well, the dead one. Okay. So. And then what was Mexico? Or, God, you know, being friends with Rocky Romero for so many years, you just learn that every Los Angeles wrestler that's good, like, yeah. wrestles in Mexico, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's nearby, might as well. Is that a thing? So when you say Mexico, do you, do you mean Tijuana? Or we did TJ, mean- yeah. It's what, it's a three-hour drive maximum, I yeah. think. Yeah. And then you work at the, uh, the, the, the TJ arena down there. It's a big packed arena, and... Uh, it's me and Ray Rosas against uh, Yuma and, at the time, Johnny Goodtime, now Kevin Martinson. So. He has changed his name. Yep. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to out him. I didn't know. It's all right. <laughs> if I'm, I don't keep up with the product. <laughs> um, well, good to have you here. It's been, so we've been hanging out in Germany, mm-hmm. being German goofballs. It's nice that like, we just get sent here from AEW. Everything's kind of taken care of. I guess this is the better part of the job. Yeah, this has been my favorite trip ever yep, in wrestling yeah it's a, well it's a good crew here yeah too, it's a great it's a crew thing man i want to touch on that thing I, i'm going to edit this if you don't like it though but uh you, you had talked about you had talked about that anxiety stuff i don't know if that was just for us or if that was for oh nah whatever yeah yeah you you mentioned this morning and again i you tell me if you don't want anything in there because that's how i run my show like that. that you were a little anxiety driven and it's, and i only bring that up just because i think it's good to talk about because I, me personally, when you said that, I, I was like, oh, what? You know, like, we're wrestlers, we're out there, we're half naked, we're putting ourselves on the line, and yeah. you were like, ah, I got a little anxiety this morning. Yeah, I, I, like, I, consider, I consider myself uh, an introvert. I, I, I try to be an uh, extrovert in a lot of stuff, but as an introvert, I end up, I kind of meet, I, I will hit a threshold, I guess, of socialization, I guess, sometimes, and just being around just mass amounts of people and uh, doing a lot of my own personal work over the over the past uh, few years with like therapy and stuff like that trying to i guess put a put a term to stuff that i'm feeling and it's like anxiety was a big one of them and uh i am trying to also finally diagnosed adhd okay so i'm also ha- i'm handling that uh i put my i'm on medication i was gonna say i put myself on medication <laughs> i did not you wrote a script I, for I, yourself. I, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. no i went to the doctor and i'm on medication and everything now uh therapy and then uh healthy boundaries with with uh, people and family and stuff like that and just leads to better mental health well i just i say because we're wrestlers and we're out there and i i'm you know and we could both talk about our things because you know i have that too and i'm i found myself and tell me what you think about like the i found myself a little like introverted getting into wrestling and then once when you're younger and you're starting wrestling you're just like You'll do it for me personally. I'll do anything. Like I, I'm, so it was I, the same. I became very extroverted, same. and then now, year, like years later, I'm reverting back to that same introvert. But when the when the the light is on, I'll do anything. Right. I'm a maniac. Right. Like you put a spotlight on me. Yeah. <laughs> I there's something different about that too. Because like when you're in the ring, you have, you're surrounded by the immense amount of people. There, they are watching you, but you're not having to like 
really get to know each and every one of them. And then like when you go into back into the back into uh, the business setting, it's like, I guess the anxiety was also from having to meet a lot of new executives and a lot mm. of this and a lot of new stuff. And just, I guess all the new amount of people that I'm having to, to meet and then also represent at the same time, AEW and all this. So it's just, you know, a lot, I guess. When, when you, cause you've done a lot of extra work and mm. I, so, so Lately, I found myself under a lot of anxiety, and I, and yeah. so I and I also have been you know seeking help for this. And I remember because I've I've got this like shock of whatever it is through my body that I I guess you learn that it's anxiety, but like I'm trying to think of back to when I had that kind of anxiety, and it was when I would go to WWE and do extra work, right. So I got my question was like, were you a, were you also a mess when you did that stuff? <laughs> if by saying like meeting all these executives, because when we're in our, you know, we're trying to get a job in our young twenties or yeah. whatever it is, it's like those are all the like the Undertaker is the executive, right? right? Like everybody right. is the exe- like. Luckily, you're in a place now where you're friends with all the wrestlers, but right. yes, there's new people. But then you're friends with nobody. Right? It's so anxiety driven. Absolutely, and then like. You were, you're younger at that time, so, yeah. so you don't really have, you, you feel an anxiety, but you don't know how to manage it the right way. So you're just kind of panicking, like, oh my God, oh fuck it. And you're, uh, so I for sure was feeling that then, but I just didn't know how to manage it the, the best way. Now it's like breathing techniques yeah. and uh, grounding and blah, 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 you know? Yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. I just, it, it brought me back to those days of just like how fucking crazy it was. And nobody, and something I also have realized is like, Nobody knows what you're going through, like, because right. someone else like said something to me, and they were talking about like that, that kind of stuff for them, and I was like, oh, I had no clue. Same case in boys, but like, right. I'm a mess inside. I feel the same with a lot <laughs> yeah. of stuff. But we're good at hiding mess. it. <laughs> I yes, and I like I think that comes with just the the job. You have to you have to hide certain stuff because you can't. You don't want people looking at you and and, and thinking something. Yeah, you know what I mean, so that kind of comes with it, and I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. So when when you got into wrestling, were you a little scared little boy, or were you? Yeah, I was. Um, I had a what's the word like a helicopter parents, overbearing parents. You know what I mean. So it's like I was kind of uh, kind of sheltered. I felt very sheltered. I, I went out and I did stuff. I had friends, but it was a lot of uh, overbearing, overbearingness, shelter, very sheltered. Uh, so then finally, turn eighteen. It's one of those things where like I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. You know. Uh, no, you can't join wrestling school when you're 17. And I'm 18. Like, well, I'm going to do it. So my 18th birthday, I went in to join wrestling school, and you know. Tell me about how, how not your parents, but like, what does that mean? So you're, from, I assume you're from Los Angeles. I yeah, born and raised in Los Angeles, and it was I commuted to school uh, to the wrestling school while I was also full time at university, and they just they just thought I was wasting my time. <laughs> and but it's wrestling really, that was I guess my way to finally take over what is mine you know what I mean it's like instead of having someone else kind of guiding me it was like I, I'm taking my own life into my hands and and I mean better or for worse it turned right. me into a, an outgoing crazy <laughs> adult man so uh, where in LA are you from exactly I, I was born in Burbank I grew up in Rancho Cucamonga and then uh, I uh, live back in Burbank now hold on but kayfabe I'm from Carson City Nevada oh yes <laughs> you're from Ran- I was yeah. I grew up in Rancho Cucamonga, the home of the Bucks. Yeah, uh, they. Were, I think we went to rival high schools. They were Altaloma High School graduates, and I'm Los Osos High School graduates. I mean, I didn't think it was a real place until I met the Bucks, and now all of a sudden, there's the Bucks, there's Cutler, there's yeah. you. There's yeah. like, wait, all these people are from there. Who would have thought that Rancho Cucamonga, California, is a wrestling town? Did you know about? Are you guys the same age-ish? Me and Nick are. Did you? 
participate in their backyard wrestling? No, I don't. I, I think they weren't living in Rancho maybe at that time. Their parents wouldn't let you. No, they might have been in the high desert, and my parents would not have let me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, were you obsessed with wrestling? Uh, once I learned about it in uh, uh, early elementary school, I immediately was obsessed with it. Yeah, I'm wondering why you didn't find this backyard group that was putting on... Like, look... No. I don't know. Did you read their book and did you like know their? I don't want to put you on the spot if you read their book, but like, was that like a like was it like a was it? I don't. I think they was were, it just their little bubble. Or I think was so. It, yeah. I, but I also I think they were living in the high desert at the time, Victorville. I don't know the difference. I don't know. Uh, Victor, Victorville's yeah. like an hour away from Cucamonga, okay. so I think they might have moved at the time, gotcha. but I'm not 100 percent sure. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just met met a couple friends in high school who had like Steve Austin shirts and I was like what is this you know and they started telling me and then I tried to watch and my folks wouldn't let me watch it and then uh, just flipping channels I think we were on like a, a a vacation with some family friends and they had bo- they had uh, some sons as well that I would hang out with and we were flipping through channels and they came across uh, Undertaker and Steve Austin fighting and I said hey go back and they laughed well you like this shit and I said yeah let's try it back and we watched Steve Austin and fight the Undertaker what is that do you think is that religious or like your parents being like you can't watch wrestling I don't know what it is like my mom uh, as a kid was around it with like her father and, 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 her, and her family because they they went to the Grand Olympic she remember she brought up a uh, the destroyer to me like that and all you know i love when older people bring up random like yeah like in chicago it's like oh, i used to watch go used to watch moose chola <laughs> like, <laughs> no exactly that and i was like oh shit you know but i don't know where the disconnect eventually was my, my dad grew up watching uh, lucha libre and then he told me when he found out it was fake it like made him so angry wait and, i'm sorry what hmm? i'm sorry what 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 huh what it's what it's uh, what it's what i didn't hear you <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are both your parents Hispanic? Just my dad. Okay. Yeah, my mom's a white lady. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And did your dad come from Mexico? He came from Cuba. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
Okay. Came from Cuba. When about? Like during the war stuff? Uh, he came in the 70s when they were letting, when Castro was letting people go. So him, uh, my aunt Molly, and my grandmother, and my great-grandmother, they all left with just the clothes on their backs and came over here. And they eventually ended up in California where my grandmother, single mom from Cuba, was raising two children and helping with her, uh, her mother to live in California. How'd they turn it around? It just hustling, hustling. Uh, my 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 dad and my my aunt uh, would work work at, from a young age to help help bring home stuff. My dad was telling me all these uh, stories that he had as like a server at like the Bonaventure in downtown LA and stuff like that, and just how much hustling they would have to do. And then he eventually got himself into uh, real estate, and he became real good at real estate and. He was able to become a very successful, successful man. He owns properties, he owns right? houses. Yeah, he has a has family. So, you know, his wife and me, yeah. his son, and uh, I have a sister. Um, he now lives. They now own a property in Temecula, and they, they take very good care of themselves. He's really an American uh, I was story. Say, it's the yeah. American dream. American dream. Course. American story. Have you ever been back to Cuba? They have. I have not. Are you? I, I don't. My ignorance is very high. But like we weren't allowed to go to Cuba for a while. No, I don't know if we're still. I don't know if we're not allowed to either. I think you just still got to got to go about it a certain way to get there. Uh, I also was like, when I was young, they I wasn't. They didn't have really have me learn Spanish either. It was just like no, everything. They didn't really want me to be wow. very Cuban. Um, and you don't know Spanish. I don't know Spanish. I, I now I know a lot better. I can understand it, but it, speaking it is still difficult. Have you gone like in your older years? Have you gone and asked like the exact reason or? Uh, like we're my, my grandmother has passed away. My great grandmother has passed away, uh, and just whatever little vague explanation I've been able to get from my dad. But it's just more now. He's like, no, go, go learn. I, I what the fuck? Like, go. Oops, sorry. Yeah, oops, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so they love you. They're maybe there's probably something. There's there's something I, Cuban in there. My, where, I think so. Yeah, I think it's the where they're holding on to you for eight seventeen point yeah, five five nine nine. The nine. the options I was given a, a, of a job career was like medicine, uh, an attorney, you know, <laughs> or something business where you can yeah. make a lot endless Sounds amount very of money. Jewish parents. Of <laughs> right. So you, you're 18. I did the same thing. I said, "Mom, I'm 18. I'm a grown up. I can make my own decision. I'm going to wrestling school." And she wanted me to go to college, and I, well, I did have to. But then I also went to wrestling school because I'm 18. Yeah. I, I, fine. I'll go to college, but I'm a grown up. You can't tell me what to do, yeah. but okay, you can also tell me what to do as long as you let me go to wrestling and school and pay for my college. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Who do you find? Hmm? Who do you find and how do you find? Oh, okay. So I am, I think at the time I'm still 17. I'm not 18 yet. And I'm at a, I have this little job, my first job ever at, a, at, a, at the mall, the Victoria Gardens. And it's a little a little kiosk outside that sell in their courtyard that sells t-shirts. And it was, you know, Skin Industries, uh, those God awful bro t-shirts no. with like the naked women. And it's just so cringe bullshit. I sold all this Inland Empire dog shit clothes and then... Uh, a slow day. I had the computer and I'm just on the internet. I went on uh, worldfamoussocaluncensor.com and found uh, Charles Mercury had posted uh, something on the message boards about wrestling school in Anaheim. So when I turned 18, I went down there. Now, were you a person that was going to SoCal like every day? I was... Oh, that uh, SoCal Uncensored? So okay. yeah, I never posted. So I'm, I was never a board guy that posted, but I did. I would go to it because I wanted to know events. I wanted to look up events, and then I also wanted to see... So you were, trying, you were going to indies, too? I started. I was at this point going to indies. My very first show I'd gone to was PWG in Reseda, and then I went to a couple more, and then I started going to uh, EWF nearby, Jesse Hernandez's. I went to a couple AWS Spark Kapitsky shows, Excuse me. where I saw 
Adam Pierce beat the shit out of Little Cholo uh, with the NWA title. You could have put anybody in that. Uh-huh. Beat, beat the shit out of anybody. Out of anybody, else. yeah. And I'll never forget that show because uh, I don't know what it was, but Pierce, he spat. He spat this loogie, and it ended up right on my friend Google's. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost my mind because I saw he was just this, he's this white guy so with the real pasty skin and his face just got red as a tomato and I'm just ah! <laughs> oh best show and Pierce could not give a fuck give a fuck <laughs> yeah it was great I've seen him beat up many a audience members yes, yes. It which is a- nothing to laugh about it's right like, I'm almost laughing out of sadness yes uh, I feel he's changed his ways, but who really knows yeah. at this point? I love Adam. Bless him. <laughs> One of our favorites, of yes. course. Uh, okay, yeah, because I, I don't know. I'm always curious. It's just like, for me, it was a little bit of like, oh, the first, like, they say, do your research, but I'm just like, oh, wrestling school near me? I gotta go. I did my, I did do my research. Uh, <laughs> EWF was too, too much money for what I had at the time. I was, you know, just that little job. And then, uh, I don't know if you, was, UPW might have been gone. And then I don't know if there was any, I don't think I found, some the others that I found were too, too far and in other states. And then just Charles Mercury was running his academy uh, up in, in junction with other academies. So it was like you pay, it was 60 bucks a month and I could go to any one of these classes. The only trainer I knew of though was Charles because he was on PWG and he was doing all the stuff around uh, in the area. So I did kind of do my research. He also had Scorpio Sky and at the time Ronan and uh, Mr. Excitement, Ed and then uh, he would have a couple of others that would come through, like Scott Lost and Chris Hero was there my first day. Candice LeRae taught me Jesus. my roles. Uh, yeah, it was great. The Young Bucks came through a couple times and I, like uh, we rolled around together. You know. So he had schools at different places. He had just the one school in Anaheim, but it was a part of another. It was a part of a jujitsu gym gotcha. that also had other wrestling schools that ran out of it. And it wasn't his ring; it was a uh, Foob Dog's ring. Rest in peace. Okay. Yeah, it was just a, it was a local guy in the area. And. Chris Hero is at your first day of wrestling training. He was at my first day of wrestling training, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, but I, I couldn't learn anything from him, again, because right. like, I don't know anything. Yeah. Uh, and Candice LeRae, bless her heart, was very sweet to us. And, you know, uh, she took me and my friend Googles, who was training with me at the time, uh, took us away from the other students, showed us our roles, and then threw us back in with the other students. Right. Uh, Have you ever told Hero that story? Oh, uh, like no. I mean, there's no way he remembers. I don't think he would remember. No, I haven't. I don't. I haven't seen. I haven't run into him in a long. You're time. You're like I don't talk to that man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling when I see him next. Yeah, time, I was you know? very upset that he didn't teach nah, me. He was great, man. He he was he was great and having a lot of nice things to say. And he did help us like with tweak our roles and stuff like that to fix them. So that was really cool. So Charles Merkley was your number one, but mm. but it, there is something. I mean, I mean, I think PWG speaks for it, and there, there's this like there is like a, a family. Well, I don't know. I feel in Chicago, everyone was fighting. Uh, you know, like, don't go to this place, don't go to this place, don't go to this place. But but, you, but knowing that PWG started with the six, and you just saying that everyone would just kind of come in, it, it does seem like everyone was kind of, like, trying to help each there other. There was a the lot of people that did want that camaraderie, because it's like, why, why have this weird tension? A lot of schools did kind of have that energy and there's still schools that do that are currently still having that energy where it's like you know gang gang kind of shit and it's uh it's corny so mm-hmm. corny mm-hmm. bro yeah. But yeah but it's nice that you could have all of these people did you mm-hmm. absolutely would you recognize them at, because you would go to local shows or the other wrestlers or yeah like the yeah like, you know mr excitement i mean if you don't know who he is you right. don't know who he oh, is oh no i knew all who all these guys yeah. were yeah all these guys i had a uh, i had old old stuff old footage too like uh I went back and watched a lot of old like Rev Pro and stuff in the area, and I just I knew all who all these guys were. It was great. So Top Gun Tall War was coming through. Yeah, man. <laughs> so when I get 
release from the WWE in 2009. Dave Marquez is starting up uh, this new adventure, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, in uh, what was the, the beautiful arena? The, the, Galax- the Galaxy. The Galaxy yeah, Theater, yeah. which I think UPW used to run. I think so. It's called the Observatory now, I think. Okay. Uh, Dave Meltzer's? Yeah. <laughs> Dave Meltzer's <laughs> the, Dave the, Meltzer's observatory. the Observatory, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so you and I wrestle. Yep. Yeah, and we—I think maybe the, even the first match. We were the—we the were the very first match of the entire program's existence. Yeah. Yeah. We, it was us. And where? And I, I mean, I know you. I just remember you were. I don't know, green. You were a good wrestler. I was very green. Yeah, but you were young, but good enough that like. I don't know. I feel like Dave. You know, you have. You couldn't be fresh out of wrestling school and doing that position. Right. Right. And then I remember Adam praising you. Um, but where were you at your career in that point? It was twenty. It was twenty ten when we. I think August twenty ten when yeah. the show started. I had my debut technically is November two thousand and um, eight, but I had like a single match, and then I didn't have another match until like April of right. two thousand and nine. So I, I was like pretty much a rookie and a half. Okay. Yeah. Were you, but but when you got that second match, then did you start putting? Yes. Matches? Then I was consist. I was consistently getting booked. I had a uh, two, three, four, five, and six follow pretty soon. You know what I mean? How does that? How does that work on a scene like that? How do you? Uh, I was. This is when I started splitting myself between schools. When I came, I had gotten December two thousand seven, June to December was I was training. At the end of that, in December, I broke my arm and I was out for eight months because I also had surgery put a plate in my arm and take the plate out when I came back to finally be able to, to roll around again Charles school was gone so I went to AWS school and EWF school and I would just drive back and forth so I can get multiple days of training at once uh, Bart's twice a week and then Jesse's once or twice a week uh, and then I just started excelling Great. from there and uh, they're the promoters also yes and then I had a, a spot opened up on a San Bernardino show in November and they're like hey you want to wrestle you have your stuff and I did have my stuff I called up uh, my tra- I called up Sky and a, and a few of the other trainers and I had to see if I can get their blessing and they said yes I called Bart I was like hey I know I've been training at your thing we'd say I debut there is it cool if I do it here ah, go ahead do your thing and then uh, I think my second and third match were at with AWS mm-hmm. and then my sixth match ever I won the lightweight belt of course from, you did. I beat TJ Perkins yes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch- 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 
Chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Okay, and then I mean, listen, AEW is obvious like the idea of like starting up and yeah. getting it is obviously I'm I'm going to assume the highlight of like Yes. Right. My entire, yes, absolutely. But, yes. But, but what were what were some of those milestones? Like how did you look at the TNA thing? How did you look at like like when what were the big big things where you were like, "Oh, this was this is a this was a next step in my career." Uh I've always wanted to be uh, a TV wrestler. So, uh our, our match was a, was a big deal for me because I got to wrestle you yeah. and then I got to also but that me. was AEW uh, oh Tappy Trick Wrestling oh, from Hollywood Hall- yes yeah, yes. Yeah, so yeah. these are the milestones like, oh you just want AEW no 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 I wanted before oh yeah. no like yeah that but was I was like, like we wrestled because you and I wrestled in AEW and it's probably right. my favorite AEW match I, I I don't, oh that was yeah. so much fun uh, but <laughs> That the our first match at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood was a big deal for me because like you're Coke Banna and I was nothing at the you know at the fucking time so I was like given that opportunity to wrestle a star in my first ever television match and like uh, that was a big milestone for me and then um, Impact was a big one for me even though it was a big one for me too because I was also in awful mental health and in the worst physical shape of my life <laughs> but it got me a job which is odd to me you know like to be a, absolutely the skinniest and in my and just unhappy and depressed and I got a job so I was like all right let's do this right. and that was good that was that was that felt good uh and, and it, what, what was it, it was like Furnishmore nor nor Furnum and I uh, I just wrestled EC3 a bunch and then the Bromans once and then well, what was the story it. behind I think it was EC3, he was uh, Dixie Carter's nephew, and they were going to hype him in his debut against like a superstar athlete or whatever, and then here comes my little scrawny ass out. Yeah, but like, why, how did you, why are you the one, were they in LA? Or? So, they were coming out that way, and they hit up a wrestler in the area who started, uh, who started asking around to find somebody, and the people that he was suggesting, he suggested Kevin Martinson, he suggested, I think, Yuma, Johnny Yuma, and they're like, like too, they look too much like wrestlers. We need a guy who doesn't look like a wrestler. <laughs> so they suggested, it's good old skinny boy, pretty Pete, and they said, that's it. Yeah, but at that point, you, I feel you were doing, had you done PWG at that point? Yes. Yeah, so like, Yes, you're an accomplished wrestler. Yes, I had I, I also shrunk physically. Like I, in the middle of my career, I got even skinnier than when I debuted, and then I like came back, and it's just it was, it was just a weird time in my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But what about you? Didn't say doing a PWG show in in your milestones. PWG. I'm gonna call you. I don't know. PWG. It was a milestone, absolutely. But it's it's it kind of it got very bittersweet towards the end, kind of disappointing. Um, because we, we, we had a lot of momentum. We had momentum going in, and I think we had a lot of good matches. Um, but a lot of people didn't give the same respect to the SoCal guys on those shows that they did to all these other fucking guys. Yeah. Yeah, uh, including, like, in, behind the scenes. There was a lot of just, you know, guys kind of trying to punk us and all that kind of gotcha. shit. Uh, Super Dragon was kind of a dick, too, when it came to uh, a lot of us. And it's just like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, so. well, I mean, but... I- and I, well, I see your feelings now, and I shouldn't have asked, but uh. <laughs> I, I, I have no ill will. I think, like me and Dick, are, I think are cool. I've, I've tried to, I've reached out to him, you know. Uh, but it, it is what it is. Yeah, but I would imagine if you're a young, especially in that era. Well, yeah. even now, if you're a young LA wrestler, like, yeah. 
It's the Mecca. I would say at the time, I don't know about now. Well, but I, don't I honestly know. don't. I don't, I don't know. know anything about wrestling now. So. Me neither. <laughs> I don't know the perspective of, of certain indie wrestling. Like I know that I think it still exists because some guys that debut and haven't been there that long are like uh, stoked about it. Yeah. So I guess good for you. Oh god. Yeah. Um, and then did you do other WWE stuff or just the enhancement stuff? I did enhancement stuff, and I had a a, a tryout in front of producers at I think it was at Arizona one that I was an extra at and they they loved it and I was kept in mind for a job on 205 Live uh, and then I got contract here yeah yeah here in Germany at, uh, in Germany yeah yes. uh, the AEW yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then any other like uh, any other things that like when I say about milestones that pop up before you get that contract with AEW There's a lot of TV stuff China was a big one and then uh, becoming uh, either uh, writer and, and head of charge at a Championship Wrestling from Arizona. So yeah. having like being in charge of an entire new show, it was a regional broadcast to uh, Arizona. Just in, it would air in Phoenix, Tucson, and Yuma, and just to come in there. It was only three years old too. We came in and we really we changed the scene. The first year of the show was very difficult. So this Marquez had had a hand. Did he help, did he take over something that was three years old? So Marquez had. With Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, he then uh, started becoming this United Wrestling thing where he was trying to start up different uh, broadcast programs across the country. Uh, and it's all become like one big unit, one big loop. You know, you have the United Wrestling in Memphis and L.A. and then Phoenix. And uh, the Arizona broadcast was really the, the test for it. Uh, so we had this, this promoter that we worked with in Tucson. And we ran out of the Desert Diamond Casino for about a year with this show, with this TV show. And then we moved to Phoenix in the last two years because we lost the relationship with the casino and that promoter. So that's why me and uh, my partner, Mick Greenwood, we, we took over in charge of Arizona and we turned it around. Just you? Just you? <laughs> like, that was me and Mick, Green, Mick Greenwood. Yeah. Yeah, so the, us two. So we so were... Because I remember when Dave and the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood crew, only because I was part of it for so long, like yeah. they would start like taking the bus over yes. to Arizona. That, so the very first show Marquez went... And then after that, he never went. It was just me and Mick ran the entire show. Uh, Mick would s- set up a lot of the stuff with the with the building, the Nile Theater, and I would set up a lot of the stuff with the with the wrestlers. And we we would write, we wrote the stories together, and we made the sh- the entire show happen, just the two of us. Did this happen on purpose, or did you seek this out? Not it, on uh, I don't, not on purpose, or did you seek it, it out? It kind of it kind of fell on on my lap. I've always been interested in stuff, and I was already kind of producing at the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood show. And then when the opportunity came up, uh, David asked me, "Would you like to for you and Mick to to be in charge?" I said, "Absolutely, let's do it." Is it an overtaking? Did you find was it overwhelming? It was at first. This is the reason why I do none of like. I'm, people are just like, "Do you want to produce?" Or, well, I do produce for for AW when I'm there, but or, or not for Ring of Honor, but yeah. like you know, people are like, "Do you want a book? Would you want to promote?" And it's just like, like I get paid nice money to wrestle. Right. It's ten minutes. Like I, it seems so hard to just overtake all of this stuff. I wanted to. I just. I guess I wanted to have an over. A complete resume. I want to know. It's like when people say, I'm all encompassing. I could do it all. I wanted to be not bullshit about it. I wanted. It's like, oh, I've written. I've promoted. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. And it just it was a lot of fun. It was stressful, don't get me wrong, but it was a lot of fun. And I really believe that we changed the, the Phoenix scene like for the better. It got to the point where the show would put itself together. We would pull up, sometimes like a half hour late, and the entire ring crew is there setting up the ring, the door's wide open, and like the show is put together already because of like 
the relationship we built with everybody in the area. So it's like it, it started becoming not stressful at all. It was it was like a walk in the park. We all looked forward to going every month in this van, a pile in this van to drive to, to Phoenix, yeah. uh, just a, cr- a crew How of us. How long the drive is that? It's five or six? Eight hours. Eight hours. Eight hours, yeah. Shit. But I mean, it flew by because we had the boys and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and you saw, fun. you said you saw the crew like grow yes. the wrestlers, right? Immensely, yeah, man. Everybody really got a, a hang of uh, what it was to be a TV wrestler. And I, I noticed that big time when we did the extra work at the Phoenix uh, WWE event because all the other extras were my guys from, from, from the Arizona show, except for two of them. And then those two ended up being paired to do a match, and the match was, eh. Yeah. But then all my guys in there had hell of TV matches that even the producers were like looking at them like, good job, good job. And of course, I'm patting myself on the fucking back because me and Mick turned them into uh, TV wrestlers, mm. you know? Do you, think, do you think about schools and that kind of stuff, like in your future? I had a school. I, was, uh, I guess that's another one, another... another uh, milestone moment because I got to train David Arquette from, from the yeah, school. Holy yeah, holy shit. Why are you not telling me that? Yeah. <laughs> that's the fucking... It was awesome, That's man. what this podcast is all about. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to David. It was, uh, I ran the United Wrestle Center in Oxnard uh, and I would have classes t- twice a week. Uh, I had just a, bu- just a bunch of people come through and, but then I would start just taking private, private lessons. Uh, David Lagana suggested me to David Arquette about training. He reached, called me, left me a voicemail, I called him back and we set it up. And he ultimately, he bought a ring, put it in his yard, and I trained him at his house. Yeah. T- I mean, take... That's so interesting. I don't know if there's, like, any more details of, like... Was he just explaining, hey... I, I mean, I guess he's done enough interviews. Right. Oh, it was about his... Uh, it was his movie and his, everything. He was trying to yeah. tell... He told me about what he had in mind and what he wants to do. And I said, yeah, let's do it. Did he have fun stuff that you were just like, you can't do that? Or... I don't... You know... No, like, he was very respectful. I know. He's yeah, so respectful. He's respectful and he's cool. Like... He's funny, and uh, he's he's oddly athletic. Like I don't know what it, like everyone would be like. Is he athletic? I was like, yes, yes. He's very oddly athletic. Mm. Like uh, it was awesome. It was and a lot of fun. Did you guys ever end up wrestling? We did. We had we headlined a championship wrestling from Hollywood show at the Irvine Improv. We sold sold it out. It was our, <laughs> our very I think our very first show there. So I've headlined the Improv. But he his first match was RJ, right? On our broadcast, when we filmed it in Oxnard, his match, first match on our show was... Uh, I just meant his first match in general. Or oh, was it not? Was it? Or was it in I think it was Mexico? RJ. I think it was RJ. I think, like, think like when they announced, like, David's wrestling, Yeah, RJ I think was it was like, RJ. Would he come down and train with you guys, or... RJ? Yeah. I think what... To, he, I mean, not, you know, like, to he, put this match together. Right, right. I think as we got closer, he, he came out here. Didn't we? I don't remember. I think, like, the day of, we did most of that stuff. Um, we might have had a rehearsal. I don't remember. Uh, and then... So that makes me think of like benefits of a Los Angeles wrestler in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, did you do Family Feud? I did. Yeah. So like, and if it's just Family Feud, but I don't know if there's other, there has to be so many, because it's Hollywood. Yeah. And they're always asking like roles of a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, or just weirder opportunities that people wouldn't get. I don't know if you have a list I of I did some extra work. I've done some stunt work. Uh, I met David Arquette on a set of a, of a film before I actually trained him. Um, Anything I would know? No, it never got completed. Oh, really? It was called Chuck Hank and the San Diego Twins, <laughs> and it never got fucking completed. Um, and then I, I, was, I, I joined the stunt crew for a little bit, and we did a couple movies. It was one called, I think it was called Pandemic, and it was like first person zombie movie and like in in the trailer I'm strapped to a uh, ambulance as a zombie just going <laughs> like, okay 
so that was cool. I got to do, I got to fall off roofs with like a GoPro on my head and I got a shot with a shotgun. So squibs were popping off of me and um, getting thrown over cars and everyone thought I had been a stuntman for years. <laughs> I was like, this is my first day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was easy. Yeah, and they're like, what? Yeah. yeah. And then, so what was Family Feud? Just uh... Uh, David's family. That was our family. And it was just, the, it was four wrestlers. It was me, RJ, Dalton Castle and Jungle Boy and then David. And then uh, we were uh, against Pee Wee Herman's team. Mm. It was all people from that had been on, involved in his show for a long time. Like Jack K. Harry was there, Drew Carey, Joe, Joe Mag Maglia. Yeah, yeah, Maglia. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and even the idea of like we were talking before, before is that uh, Tom Kenny, SpongeBob, yes. annou has announced your match. You know, like even Lucha Vavum is. I would put in consideration of like this is a holly i was going to also say that's another milestone too because i got a job at vavoom and the same time i got a job at tna because of how shitty i looked <laughs> uh, the mat i did a match at vavoom oh, i love vavoom so much where they they teamed me with candace Lorray and she was like my little she was my little girlfriend on the beach and on the on the card in the back it called me the 90 pound weakling oh my so god I was the 90 pound weakling to come out with my little little blonde girlfriend and then it was uh Che, che Cabrera in SoCal under a mask and he came out all big and he was called Mantequilla Mask or something like that, you know, Butterface. <laughs> and then uh, he comes over and he starts like kick sand in my face, starts flirting with my girlfriend and then his big old chingona girlfriend comes up, he's pointing at him, what are you doing flirting, flirting, flirting? And then it turns into a, uh, an interge uh, intergender mixed tag match and then the finish of the match was uh, my girlfriend turns on me to go join up with Mantequilla and then uh, I, we turned around and me and the Big thick girl beat them up, and then we go leave together. <laughs> nice, and that got you kind of a spot. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it got it got me a consistent spot on Bavoom. Uh, I'm in the sexy Mexies now, and then I do a bunch of other, bunch of other acts that she has me do. Right, I'm yeah. supposed to be on the one in October, and I'm excited for that. But yeah. that's the cool thing about that is just like I remember, you know, I I love fringe wrestling. I love yeah. the weirdness. I love you know the wrestling at GamesCon. I think is like yes. a, is uh, just. A we, just a, a crazy thing. You look back at Tommy Dreamer wrestling at E3, you know, like yeah. or for ECW, whatever it is. Like we're in the record books of just weird wrestling weird stuff. And I remember being like, I, Lucha Vivum was coming to Chicago. I was like, I got to get on the show. And I, you know, I know that like my name held some value. I was in WWE, but they didn't give a fuck. And when I pitched, like I was like, oh, I also did this. Matt Classic character for Wrestling Society X. They're like, oh, what is that? The masked weirdness. Like, really? yeah. Scorpio Sky's doing the Black President or whatever. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> I got to be a Secret Service on, right? on one of them. Yeah, and then uh, he was El Presidente with the Secret Service, and we had a match against, uh, it was Halloween time, so we had a match against like monsters. So we had a zombie, an alien, and a bunch of other. Oh, you wrestled as the Secret Service. I wrestled the as the Secret the Service. Yeah, so I had yeah. a black suit and glasses. Such yeah. a great show. I love creativity it's, wrestling. It's great, man. It's so good. Um, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so then, you know, it leads you to uh, the AEW starts, I guess. Yep. Where, where Are you... You know, a lot of people were just like, I think... I won't speak for you, but a lot of people in wrestling until, you know, I feel the Young Bucks and Kenny, like, saved everybody. Uh, we're just like, well, I guess this is what it is, and we'll just do our thing until whatever. And yeah. next thing you know, you know, with a snap of the fingers, it's like some some all of our friends are on national television. Yeah, it, right? was, uh, it was insane. Is that how, I mean, how does it, is that how it works out for you? It's just your... Yeah, but then it's like then the 205 stuff came to me too so but at the same time as the AEW stuff so had it come had it come sooner I wouldn't have been in that in that brain mm-hmm. but I was in kind of in that brain too it was like but it was a positive mindset we were we were doing a lot of cool stuff in the area with like bar wrestling was still a thing at the time and um, I had started I had gone to like CZW and uh, I had worked in the Midwest a couple times so I was like I, I think there's still potential here to do something make some money and then I'm I'm now the, the championship wrestling from Hollywood producing there and writing Arizona so I'm like oh there's potential there you know to go later and then uh now when AEW does start, it's like, wow, now mm. there's, this is real. This is some, and you're what? New. I don't know what you, you, is it Tony's vision for a librarian? Is that what it, it was? Is? I was told that all of this stuff by, I think it was the Bucks and Cody. Cody had just slid in my DMs at one point after working together and said, hey, keep May, May open. I said, okay, and then that's it. I just okay, and then. Um, I think CD and, and Sky and all them kind of told me what this idea was about the librarian. It was Tony's idea. And then the Bucks had their own take on it as well. And then, uh, yeah, then it just... You're a librarian. I, I, I kind of had to do my own research to kind of figure out what it was because really it was just like you say shush and that's how you get heat. Yeah. Tony had one, one idea of it. The Bucks had one idea of it. And then I tried to combine them into something yeah. where we're also telling two different stories. We have one story on BTE and then there's one story on the air. And it got kind of, it got, it got confusing sometimes, but right. it was a nice challenge. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, and like, you're not, whatever, the, you're, you're, the librarian is no longer a thing. Right. But sometimes like my dream was of just like, let's say like, like when I went to WWE, like I was like, man, if they just told me to like, you're the butcher now. And you know, like, I was in, <laughs> I was in 100%. I wanted to, I was trying my damnedest to be a librarian. I, yeah. but I was like cracking jokes. I'll just go, go to the school, go to school, become a librarian. Like I, I was researching what it did. I, I was reading more, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I went and bought specific clothes. I was trying to do it. And I, I was, I was gung ho trying to be all in. No pun intended. No uh, pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Well intended. <laughs> I, I wanted to be completely all in for this character, mm-hmm. and I would have been the li- I would be, if they wanted me to be librarian now up until the end. I would have done it, yeah. and I would have evolved it on the way as you should. Right. I um, 
had I had maybe some more help in developing what the character was or where it should have gone, then you know. Right. But, but then you you have this crew now, um, which I love, which is so fun, right? Yeah, I love the wingmen. Yeah, and in Jacksonville, I you know there's something about being like a wrestler's wrestler. Uh, it's just when you when you're when you're popping the boys. I feel like you're that you're doing it right. Yeah. Like, you know, like not like a secret, like but when the wrestlers are excited for people's characters, yeah. in my head, that's when you're doing the job correctly. I agree. And you know, there was like always a buzz about in Jacksonville is just like how much the wrestlers just love the wingmen. That makes me happy. And you know, and it came from kind of just a hodgepodge of dudes and it's just like I think it was a hodgepodge of people that everyone liked. Yeah. And like we're hoping something, yeah. and then it was nice when it all comes together. And I'm sure you make some new friends, and you guys. We honestly did. The four of us really connected, and it's 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 really funny uh, watching like them interact because it's like we have all been friends. It seems like we've all been friends for years mm-hmm. at, at a point, you know. Big Cesar, big you know, big JD, and then me and Nemeth dumbasses, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know, like I you know Cesar had some stuff with his family, and yeah. then also like you know you think about like a man who moves his whole. Th- First of all, a man who looks like that yeah. like, should be the, the champion of the world. Of the world, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then he's got to move his family back. So like, it's, all, it's cool that there was a spot. Yeah, uh, and to really get them to open up and learn about them. Like, I, Cesar is one of the uh, greatest humans, mm-hmm. like, sweetest dudes. I, yeah. In, yeah. And, um, and, that's, and here we are today in Germany, right? This, like, this is my favorite <laughs> fucking trip, man. Like, I've, been, I've, I've had a blast hanging out with you, with Uno, and yeah. everyone. And Helico, CD, it's great. Knox. You know, you, you talked about, going back a little bit, you talked about uh, being, uh, you were in the your worst place. You were booked as a 90-pound man. Yeah. I mean, but you turned it like, yeah. you look like a wrestler. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was motivating. That, that all that stuff kind of, you, you let it motivate you instead of just, you know, fuck you up. How, how was that turnaround? Was it just like, I got to go to the gym now or I got to start eating or? Yeah. Eat. You just start eating and it's still the hardest thing for me to do, but it's just sucking down and you're naturally rice and skinny. Rice. Brother. Yeah. Yes, I am. That's I, the thing. I'd imagine. Yeah. So, I have always been uh, overactive thyroid when I was a child and yeah. So, you so it's it. just about calories, right? It's just sucking everything down. And then that's what I struggle on these trips because I just... I have to, I think, travel with like a 10-pound bag of rice on with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the complete opposite, my friend. <laughs> so. I, yeah, everyone, when we try to, when I talk weight to a lot of people, they're like, oh, I wish I had your problem. I'm like, mm, right. please don't say that. Yeah. You know, uh, it's like, it's, uh, sometimes I feel like I look like a legitimate stick figure, you know? <laughs> but I've had that, I, I'm, I, I'm self-aware enough where, like, I'm, I'm not always happy with it, but I, and I, and I but I do always see the other side of right. the other side of the body type who is struggling that way too. Right, right. it does make sense to me. You're yeah. self-aware and you're smart. That's why. <laughs> right. Well, a lot of people right. A lot of people aren't. It could drive them to problems. So. Right. That's yeah. true. But I'm, uh, everything's looking good for you. Thank you, man. Um, thanks for doing this. No, thanks for having nice me and considering out. me. Yeah. Uh, you, you're okay with the mustache in real life? I have been now. Yes, <laughs> I have, and I've, I've, I've now tweaked it to how I like it. Okay. I didn't like it at first. It was a little too long on the sides, and I, it was like very. I was like, oh. Did you grow out for sexiness or for librarian? So I had just a shit beard. I had this shit beard at the time, and I was I had it on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and I was like, I need a shave. This looks like shit. So at the at the time, it was at the Hollywood Towers, which was. Marquez lived in the front house, and then there was a back house on the property where I lived there. The director, Billy Trask, lived there, and some wrestlers lived there. And I was shaving, and I had a, 
I just had the mustache and I started laughing, just how it looked. It was all long and kind of wispy. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go show Dave. And I go across the was like, huh? And he goes, keep it. And I go, fuck you. And he goes, no, nah, keep it. And I go, all right. And then we, it was like we were going to go to a New Year's uh, party that night. So I was like, I was, let me go pop the goofs at the party. Yeah. And then the reaction I was getting from everybody, I was, I was drinking drinks. I was like, hmm, yeah, I'll keep it around. Yeah. And then I started just making it like that until I liked it, you know? I think the world likes it. I think so. I specifically like it. Thank you very much. As I stare, not into your eyes, but into your mustache. My beautiful stash. (laughs) Thanks for being on, bud. Thanks, bro. Peter Avalon can be found on Instagram at PPA all day and Twitter at P Avalon. I want to thank Peter for sitting down with me at Gamescom in Cologne, Germany. I thought maybe my international traveling days were done But what a treat to do a little tour and all the matches. Actually, there's a headband from the match I had with Chris Daniels in Germany, still up, signed and dated, coltmerch.com. Actually, speaking of coltmerch.com, let's get into some plugs and upcoming events. My Patreon, patreon.com slash coltcabanas, where you can listen to ad-free archives of almost all 500 episodes of The Art of Wrestling ad-free archives of Wrestling Anonymous and new bonus Wrestling Anonymous episodes just for the Patreon twice a month this month. Myself and Hornswoggle listened to some calls and gave our thoughts on them. For different tiers on the Patreon, I'll also send you a vinyl sticker every month. When I hand write out your envelope, I give you a fun little nickname too. Grab some merch at coltmerch.com. The headband is up. Upper deck signed cards, brand new comic books signed by me and Daniel Warren Johnson. Colt Micro Brawlers, brand new autographs are up. Check out our Whatnot Wednesdays, the live one in Chicago. Sometimes Tuesdays, if I go back to work, just download Whatnot on the App Store. Follow Pro Wrestling Tees or go to PWTLive.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Those are all at Colt Cabana. I'm also on Twitch playing games all the time. I'm on a real Fortnite kick these days. Twitch.tv slash Colt Cabana. ColtWrestling at gmail.com is my very public email. That's where you can hit me up for shows, conventions, business stuff, non-business stuff, or send me something fun over at my P.O. Box, which can be found at the bottom of my website, ColtCabana.com. Upcoming events, December 2nd in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'm wrestling for ACW, a.k.a. Hornswoggle Pro Wrestling, ACWWisconsin.com. We're doing that live whatnot from Chicago. November 23rd, 4 p.m., pwtlive.com. Also, I got shows in Texas, Toronto, Chicago, and more. Stay updated on my socials and my website. Podcast cover art and design is by Jimmy Lee. Photo is by James Musselwhite. Thank you to our forever sponsor, OneHourTees.com. They help run ProWrestlingTees.com. That's where you can buy all of my shirts. That's where they live. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cold Cabana. We will see you next week for another fun episode of The Art of Wrestling. But for now, turn off your podcast player. Actually, go listen to Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. They're on a hiatus right now, but they have over 300 episodes about comedy and pro wrestling, one of the best podcasts in the world. Check out the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Listen to Stop Podcasting Yourself. People ask me, what are my favorite podcasts? Stop Podcasting Yourself to hilarious Canadians. Just talking about life. All right, this has been The Art of Wrestling. For Colt Cabana, I'm Colt Cabana. Thanks. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Grab that microphone. Talk into it. One, two, one, two. Hello. It's me. It's me. Snoop Deal Double G. Hello. Hello. One, two, three. One, two, three. Should I turn the air conditioner off? It's going to get hot in here. (laughs) Yeah, I need to pump up yours. We sweating doing this. Check one, two. One, more one two, one, two. Hello, hello. Okay. PPA. How, just once a day? PPA, uh, twice a day at least. Twice a day? Yeah. Midday in the morning. Water me. 